Welcome to AC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. I'm Laura. And we're back again. Finally. Yeah. It's uh, been a month. I had to call in sick last time. Yep. And then we're like, okay, well, cool. We're going to take advantage of this and... Take a uh, night off. Take a night off. And <laughs> I feel like we watched a movie. Probably. Was that... That was like two weeks ago. I can't, I can't remember yesterday. It might have been Batman. We might have watched Batman that night instead then. Probably. Yeah, we were getting ready for Flash. Yeah. That was a good trade-off then. <laughs> trade off Jared for Batman. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. I'll always trade you for Batman. Yeah, I'd trade me for Batman too. Especially Michael Keaton. He's he's my favorite so far. We're there thinking we about doing a, a marathon to to verify. We are through Batman Returns and Forever. We haven't watched Batman and Robin yet. Got to sit through the whole Clooney phase. Mm-hmm. It's only you say whole phase. It's only one. It's movie. only one movie. But yeah. yeah. It, you still got to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Can't turn it off. No bathroom breaks, nothing. I don't know Ooh. about that. <laughs> well, we can pause for the, the bathroom, right? <clears throat> That's the joy of watching on demand, is we can pause whenever we want. And... Oh, fine. I'll let it slide. That's the joy of watching any movie at home, is you can pause. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think due to nostalgia, I'll probably be okay with the Clooney phase, because back in my day, he was a big deal. And like... you've got Arnold as Mr. Freeze, and that was a classic one. All the one-liners, you know, he freezes the guy, chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a different time. It was. It was a different time for superhero movies. It was so movies. campy and so bad that you can watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit more into that later because I'll have questions yeah. for you, Jared. Yep. Because, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert-ish, at the end of the podcast today, we're going to talk about the Flash movie. And with that, I'll have questions for you to ponder as well. Yeah, we actually didn't see this one together together. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... But until we get into that point, first uh, we're going to talk about famous people that have, famous people that have written comic books after they're already famous. So not like oh they wrote comics and then became famous, but no, like regular celebrities, musicians, wrestlers, actors, whoever that decide to write comic books. Uh, so with that, Jared, why don't you kick it us off? Kick us off first. Uh, so I googled uh, le- the everybody who's been a, or who is a celebrity who's written comic books, and I was surprised on some of these um the first one i wanted to point out that i did not expect to see a comic book written by her is rashida jones from uh, parks and rec she was on the office um i did not expect her to have a comic book written and it's called frenemy of the state uh it's following the exploits of a jet setting uh socialite that is recruited by the cia and it sounds like it was a a good book and everything it looks like it was op- it's being optioned for a movie by universal pictures and i think it's been you know i i, I want to check it out see how it is you know if it's being picked up or being optioned for a movie i mean it had to have been pretty good and rashida jones i like the stuff she's been in so i'm like i'll check it out yep. if, yeah i was surprised with that i think that's cool as heck yeah I, and i don't i've never read or anything like that so Neither maybe have I. and i haven't seen it in our store so it's one of those like okay i may check out via digitally yeah to see if it's worth buying then afterwards right uh first one on my list is uh he's i'll give you hints and you guys have to figure out who i'm talking about Uh-oh. the first hint it's a he uh umbrella academy gerard way hey, there you go uh he's my also chemical romance. Is. <laughs> it's a lead singer for my chemical romance yeah oh, okay um the, again, the biggest thing he's known for is umbrella academy I think he's done a couple other things. I think so, too, yeah. But Umbrella Academy is the biggest one because Netflix made a, a series out of it. They have 
three seasons right now, I think. I think they came I out third. Yeah, because there's a regular one, the flashback yeah. to Texas, and, and then, then the new timeline one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy is about a bunch of kids that were born on the same day around the world that the moms weren't showing pregnancy, so, like they weren't pregnant up to the normal development. Like all of a sudden one day, boom, pregnant, and then give, give birth immediately. So, totally sucks. Not that I know, but like I would imagine. <laughs> uh, but they all have... Uh, because of their all their weird birth, this guy's like this rich uh, billionaire. Cent- Social, yeah, yeah. Uh, he purchases all the children, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and it, well, he adopts them for a fee. He purchases. He them. purchases them, and he makes uh, an academy, the Umbrella Academy, where he trains them to be superheroes. He's Charles Xavier, but he purchases them instead of just letting them recruit. And he. Yeah gives them so much trauma and you well, know they all grow up to have serious issues <laughs> i mean you can make the argument anytime someone is purchased whoever's doing the purchasing very probably true will be traumatic to the purchased very person, true so now did they already exhibit super uh powers or anything other or than, he just tries to develop other whatever? than the fact they were all born randomly immediately on one it, day that's the only superpower oh. that are known when he buys them and in the way they were born I was going to say, isn't that like immaculate conception? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but even sped up, like, it wasn't like the full nine-month pregnancy. It was just like, oh, you're pregnant, and then plop, there is the baby. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's like, oh, that's really weird. There's, there's got to be something special about these kids. Mm-hmm. So he gets as many as he can, I think 13 of them. Oh, that's a good number. I think it's 13. Right. I don't remember. 13 The or show seven, didn't have that guess. many, but... I think there were more in the comics, or it might have only been seven. I, it was an odd, I know it was an odd number though. Um, Something like that. But yeah, yeah. they it turns out they each have different powers, and he he yeah he's Charles Xavier, but purchases them instead right. of recruiting them, and so he raised them. He makes a robotic stepmom for them, and they have a talking monkey that is no special powers other than he's a, just a regular yeah ape. talking monkey he's an ape that can talk. talk that's something but i'm saying like he wasn't like it's not like he was one of the children that are born like though no, they don't really explain why he's there he's just he's there too yeah he's just there he's like brian and family guy kind of sort of from yeah. a certain point of view <laughs> uh yeah uh, that's um umbrella academy like i said that's the biggest one i can think of for him in my opinion this show is better than the comic <coughs> That's not usually how it goes. I I wasn't a fan of the comic. I, I don't like the art in the comic. So the art. Immediately, I haven't even tried. So. The dialogue's weak. Is it? I, I thought. You know, I tried to get past the art, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to sit down and read this and see how it is, and I still didn't care for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair with the show, is that has teams of writers that can write dialogue right. versus just one guy writing the right. comic book. And that's the first comic he's written. Right. You know? I, takes, yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's done really well. Yeah. Like, for a long time, they only did the two volumes, and that was it. Right. They didn't do the volume three until the show got picked up also. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, people are making more, want more. Okay, I can make more because yeah. it's more money. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's the first one on my list. Laura, who was the first one on your list? My person actually was the, like, the seed for this whole idea. Because the whole reason, like, four weeks ago, the, the week of June 7th is what I wrote down. There was a comic called Dawn of DC Steelworks, and I was flipping through all of our stack and trying to decide what to pick first, and I noticed Michael Dorn on the cover. Like, as 
just his name, not his picture or anything. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this guy. What the heck's going on? He's Worf from Star Trek. And then I found out he's he's writing comics because he's also a voice actor. Like, that was a big theme in the people I found was that they they voiced a character, they liked it, and they're like, oh, well, I could write comics about them too. So that's what Michael Dorn did. Like, he enjoyed being the voice of Steel in Superman the Animated Series so well that he's like, well, I want to write more about John Henry Irons and his life. And, yeah, I didn't... Yeah, now I'm going to trail off because I, I read all this stuff a while ago and I didn't do a good job of re, revamping myself and I just started off real hard and didn't. Uh, yeah, sorry. He was the one we yeah. actually met also, wasn't he? Yeah, we did get to meet him. It, that was a fun story. Like, Sorry that this isn't the best information for everybody, but hopefully you'll enjoy it anyway. Uh, we went to some convention and we had... That was up the, in... <laughs> Toledo? No, it was past Toledo, wasn't it? I know it was north of here. I don't care about that part okay. of the story. <laughs> well, I was just trying to say the convention that it was at. Sorry. Setting yeah, the scene. It was, a small, it was a smaller convention, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was trying to remember the name of the book I took. It was a, a Doctor Who Star Trek um, crossover book. And when I handed it to Michael to sign it, because it was the only thing we had that was that had Michael Dorn in it, like even remotely. And he looked at it and he goes, "Where did you find this?" <laughs> and I just looked at him. He was like, "What on earth do people bring to me?" And, but he did sign it, and he was like, "That's kind of cool. Thanks." And yeah, we kind of interrupted his lunch break a little bit too. Oh, I didn't realize that because he was like eating part of a sandwich, and we're like, uh, "Can we?" He's like, "Yeah, come on over." Like he just like shoved a sandwich down his mouth around like. <laughs> So I wonder, like, oh, I think he didn't actually have a lunch break. But he's like, oh, there's no one here right now. I can eat. Oh, crap, someone's here now. Yeah. I can relate to that. Like, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I should be fine. There's no one in the store. It's yep. good. Oh, there's someone right there. Yeah, as soon as I sit down, every time. Yeah. Someone's on the radio. Can you come do this all the way across the plant? No, I can't. But he seemed nice, though. Michael Dorn seemed nice. The yep. brief interaction. Uh, we met him and... Dante. Dante. Uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, from Clerks. Uh, oh. Something O'Hallery? Yeah, I don't know. Shoot. Uh, we met him also at that same convention. We still have his the magnet that he signed. The, I'm not supposed to be here today. That's at the store on okay. my fine cabinet. Yeah, for a second I was like, where did that go? Okay. Yep, I still have it there. We could put it here now. We could. We could put it in our brand new studio now, but we are supposed to be here. But that's okay. Uh, Jared, who's next on your list? Uh, another one that I didn't know had written a comic was Amelia Clark, who is the mother of dragons from Game of, Game of Thrones. Um, she wrote a comic called Mom, Mother of Madness. So I kind of like that little play if that she intended that or just was writing the comic. I don't know. Uh, but it, it was a three-part uh, miniseries, and it, uh, it, it's based – It's uh, the story centers around a single mother named Maya who begins to develop strange superpowers – and then uses her newfound skills to battle a group of lethal human hunt, uh, human traffickers. Uh, I that's a good premise, and I think she would have done a good job. I'm wondering if we, like, I can picture the cover. I think, and I'm wondering if we didn't pick up like the first issue of it, but didn't I, I didn't pick up the series beyond that? Uh, we might have had it. I don't 
it's not ringing any bells, but there, to be honest, there's so many books that come yeah. to the store. Like, oh, I don't know. Well, when I was Googling it and the picture of the cover oh, okay. came up, I'm like, I recognize that. Yeah. So I didn't realize that was her, though. So I'm like, that, that's pretty cool if I've yeah. got that. So I'm kind of wanting to go through and see if I do have it. So ah, the fr- if I see her at a convention, I'll get her to sign that one. The task of <laughs> digging through your collection of right. trying to find random stuff. Yep. Hopefully yours have some better organization than mine. Yeah, I said mine. Your stuff is in orga- is organized. Yeah, but I've organized yours a little more than oh, I have. Because you asked me like, do you, do you care? I was like, no, I'm not going to go digging through stuff again. And so I think. And now you have regrets. So you, right? they're, I think they're bagged and boarded, and roughly in the order in which they came out. Yeah, that's mainly how they are. Yeah. So that, that's probably better than what I've got. Uh, I don't know. I, think, I got stacks sitting on my dresser that haven't moved yet. <laughs> I mean, it happens. You just yeah, ours go in like month intervals. See, Jared, you need like a four day weekend so you can organize I your know. collection. It's never gonna happen though. Don't tell anyone I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming that your coworkers listen to the podcast. That's right, fine. Right. That's yeah. kind of like how how terrible the no, my the... coworkers know I'm off because I told them I said I ain't gonna be here. Don't call me. <laughs> oh, so then you're good. Yeah. Yeah, the paper shortage sucked when we didn't have cardboard because I finally had time to bag and board, and then there there were no bags, or there were no boards yeah. for my bag. Do you know what drives me nuts about bags and boards? I've got a small tangent rant. How they you buy... Uh, have the same number. Exactly. So. It's like hot dogs and hot dog buns. Yes. It's a conspiracy. It, Alex, yep. it's your fault. Well, no, it's, I would say it's even worse than hot dogs and hot dog buns because at least those tell you how many you're going to have. And That's true. They, you know they're going to be mismatched for the quantity. Right. These, there should be a 100 and 100. Right, but I have never actually like counted after I've got them bagged to border to see I if have. there's a hundred. You know, I, it, did they give me more, or right. it, did somebody short me one? Do I have to call and write a or, or write a strongly worded letter or something? You know, you only gave me ninety nine boards. <laughs> and inevitably, it's, you might think, okay, well, if I have one extra board, maybe next time I'll have one extra bag that'll balance right. out. No, right. so you save them. Whatever, what it seems like, whatever one you have extra to. Either bags or boards, you always keep getting extras of that one, right. too. Right. I've got, like, oh. 20 bags right now, not enough boards. So once, you know, enough time hits, maybe I'll have 100 bags, and I'll just need to buy a thing of boards. Or just <laughs> save the bags, and if eventually you need to rebag and board your comics. Or if we find yeah. more bullets in the Casa Park, nice. bullet casings. Yeah. Used a comic bag to bag that up. <laughs> your evidence bag. Yep, the evidence yep. bag. It hey, was, it worked. Wow. It, was, it was a resealable bag, so it yep. worked out. Worked great. That's <laughs> Uh, that's a whole another tangent. That's a whole, not gonna that's get a whole into, other so. can of worms and, and then some. I think the podcast should just be all tangents. <laughs> I would be okay with that if we were consistent enough. If we had Adrian here. Wait, how would, can we be consistent on tangents? Because that's the whole point of a tangent. Because inconsistent. we need to have some sort of initial motive, catalyst. We need a catalyst for everything. And, and that's why, like, yeah, we just don't have enough for it to be nothing but tangents the entire time, though, is what I'm saying. Is we can't prattle on. Now, if Adrian was here, the four of us, we could definitely talk forever and ever and ever. And I'll have to kick you out like, Jared, go home. It's past your bedtime. <laughs> go home. I want to watch Secret Invasion tonight. Get out of here. Oh, crap. That is on. That All is. right. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Well, uh, I said what I wanted to say. So. Okay. Sorry my in- interruption on the tangent. Was that no. it for you? <laughs> well, we already were talking about your stuff, and you still went off on... Oh, were we? Yeah. yeah. Whose you, turn this is This was it? your turn. You tangented yourself. Okay. Whose line so, is it anyway? Amelia Clark. That was mine. Uh, Mom, mother of madness. Done. There you <laughs> go. Uh, next one on my list is going to be a quick one. Uh, Patton Oswalt. Uh, he's written... What was it? Uh, the Goon. 
a part of or pages on the goon. He didn't write yes, all. Yes, not it. the whole thing. Uh, and one in Batman six hundred, a uh, story in Batman six hundred called called JLA. Welcome the working week. Welcome to the working week. Uh, and one thing I do want to say that he's doing right now isn't directly with writing, uh, but he's also doing the voice of one of the characters in the No One companion podcast to that comic book series that's out. Oh, cool. So, yeah, each month they have a single issue that comes out, and in the first issue they set up like, oh, well, one of the characters, she's a news reporter. They have her doing a podcast on the serial killings, and Pat Oswalt is the voice actor of one of those oh, characters. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, oh, that's... It's an indie book. Also, uh, uh, Tony Fleeks, I think, is the writer. It's part of the Massive Universe. No. Yeah, the Massive Universe with Radiant Black and all that stuff. And so Image is starting to build that universe more. And I think, I mean, getting Patton Oswalt isn't like a major pull, like Tom Cruise sort of level, but it's still, but uh, it's a, regu- still yeah. a regular voice acting celebrity. I mean, he would... Be right. voice actor for the Goldbergs, you do narration for that. Yep, a lot of people can pinpoint who that is when you say Patton Oswalt. I, a lot of I people can, in our circles. Yeah. I think the general public still don't know who he is. Could but. be. But he guest stars on a lot of shows, you know. People know his face yeah. more than anything, yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my quick one on my list. Uh, my next round, I'll do two in one. So, And Laura, what's who's or who is next on your list? I wrote down Mark Hamill because it surprised me that he wrote a handful of books, um, especially because a lot of them were The Simpsons. And I'm like, of all the things for him to pick, like... Wait, he wrote and, The Simpsons comic? Um, a handful of them. Maybe, oh, maybe it was that. really just one. I, I, I swear that Wikipedia... Sorry that I, I should learn to print like you guys. Just find my articles and print them out. But I always think, oh, I'll just write a handful of notes. I'll remember. I never remember. But um, I wrote down The Catastrophe and Substitute Springfields, which was a parody on Crisis on Infinite Earths. And oh. he wrote at least that storyline. But I swear it said like a handful of other issues of the Simpsons comics. I can believe that. Yeah, yeah I bet so. And also The Black Pearl by by the Dark Horse publisher. He wrote, I, I think that he wrote that with someone else as well. And yeah, and... Uh, Obviously, I hope people know he's famous because of Star Wars, and he was the voice of the Joker, voice of the Hobgoblin in Spider-Man. So he's done a bunch yeah. of voice acting. Yeah. The Flash? Yeah. Didn't he do something with the Flash? I think so. That Maybe. That sounds familiar. I'll take Wik- your word the for Wikipedia it. The Wikipedia article was kind of long. Like, that would be my other no, struggle. I hate printing. It was the pages. trickster on Flash. I'd say okay. he or was, something like that. I know yeah. he was in the live action yeah, Flash TV as the show. trickster, and then he would voice the trickster on the Justice League cartoon with the Flash in it or something. Yeah, another thing he did that I'm curious to find that I might actually spend money on. There's a a sh- movie called uh, Comic Book the Movie was something I'm thinking about actually finding that Mark Hamill was in, and I think that they said the premise was he's kind of a fanboy. And goes to the Comic Con as a a fan, and everyone's like, "But you're famous, like you you should be on the other side of this." And I think it said that there were cameos with like Stan Lee and all all the famous people. I'm sure like Kevin Smith. Like I I almost want to find this, but I can't decide the level of fandom I have to actually spend money on it because I couldn't find it free streaming, or I would have already watched it. Yeah, uh, just going through even his IMDb, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of voice acting, specifically. Mm-hmm. 
but he has done several live action as well, but mostly voice acting stuff. Yeah, and I guess he was even excited for the killing joke. He he like encouraged them and was like, "Hey, if if you can get this green lighted, I'll be there. I'm the voice of the Joker." Cuz I mean, yeah, he is he will forever be the best voice of the Joker. Agreed. Uh Jared, I, or sorry, oh, do you have anything else on your list? Sorry, I was just thinking when the voice actor for Batman died, Mark, didn't, uh, didn't Mark Hamill say Kevin Conroy? Oh, he's like I can't do it anymore. If he's, well, and the, I mean, they somewhat made the pact before. If one of them's not going to do it, the other one's not going to either. Because they also trust each other. Like, yeah. oh, if it has your stamp of approval, I'll probably like it too. So yeah. sure. Them two voice yeah. actors are like the yin and yang together. They are the, like, you know what I mean? They're like the Batman to the Joker. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. When Kevin Conroy died a couple years ago, he was like, sorry, folks, I'm done playing Joker. Cause... We were going to meet him like a month later at a comic convention. Because they had, like, a bunch of the cast members oh, there. Yeah. So we're like, ah, oh, dang. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, Jared, who else is uh, on your list? I'm going to uh, do two of them real quick. Uh, again, because I didn't know they had done comic books. Um, uh, Rosario Dawson did Occult Crimes Task Force, and it fo- it's following a, the exploits of a team of New York police investigators tasked with uh, combating occult crime. And the series had positive reviews and was eventually optioned for a TV series on A&E. Um, it didn't get made for some reason, but, I mean, that's pretty, pretty high praise if they're looking at your comic to turn it into a, a TV show. And then Samuel L. Jackson was the other one that surprised me. I didn't know that one. It's called Cold Space. And he teamed with uh, Eric uh, Calderon. And it's about a an outlaw who looks just like Samuel L. Jackson. You know, kind of like Keanu Reeves' Berserker. And uh, it's uh, uh, he's adrift in space, and he lands on a backwater planet on the verge of an all-out war. And they... Uh, it looks like it's a pretty good, pretty good series. Uh, I'm it's one I want to check out. It looks pretty good. So, and Samuel L. Jackson. So, you know, there's a lot of colorful language in there of some cor- <laughs> some sort. I bet. I like your choice Snakes. of words there. To describe that colorful. <laughs> uh, the last ones on my list. I, I have two. Also, I'll just do quickly. Uh, one is a returning professional wrestler who came back to the wrestling scene last year. I think it was last year. Uh, after a long hiatus, CM Punk. He walked. He was a WWE professional wrestler for six or seven years. Walked out in the company, and while he, when he walked out, he decided, you know, what, I'm going to try writing comic books. Uh, the first thing he wrote was Thor. Yeah, which an was annual. Which was kind of like that's uh, that's a lot of power into like oh he, it's not like oh it's, here's a random character no one ever cares about no Thor is a pretty he's yeah a mainstay character. It's one of Marvel's big three. Right. That's, that's pretty important. Uh, it's well, three to a degree. He, or Captain America and Iron Man is the big three in my mind. Ouch, Spider Man. I'd say you said it wrong oh, there. Avengers <laughs> of Avengers, Get out. yeah, of yeah. Avengers. Spider Man's above them. Okay, good. So. Good they're, save. They're the big three, not the big one. Okay, yeah. they have to be three because they're not the one. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, he wrote that one, and another one that is still writing. A lot of books uh, is taboo. From he's the uh, musician from Black Eyed Peas. Uh, he writes several different things, uh, and one that caught my eye, which Laura should appreciate, is he writes the Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man. 
that was written mm-hmm. by him. So, uh, it, it, bonus points for writing Spider-Man, probably. Always. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, those are the last two on it. my list. Uh, Laura, who else do you have on your list? Um, quickly, I saw John Gleese, or sorry, Cleese. From, I, I really know this guy. Uh, right. It's from Monty Python. Monty yeah, Python. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. He was oh. nearly headless. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not know that. I'm pretty um, sure, right? I think so. Okay. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I show that he wrote Superman True Brit because like he's he's british and he wanted to do a spin on superman it it made me it gave me vibes of like red sun where they're like what if superman grew up in russia and but i'm i'm not 100 because i didn't actually go read this book it's a shame i really wish sometimes that when we're inspired to look up these people and what they've done i want to read their stuff and then talk about that a little bit too but there's just so much to read right and (laughs) this list is pretty extensive if we were Mm going to read these where would we start yeah but uh yeah that's the exact premise i read about and i'm like i i could read that that sounds fun Mm -hmm. i like superman red sun so hits on that you know same topic but i bet there's a lot of humor in it and everything yeah i kind of wonder like he said he was really focusing on british humor i know sometimes like i don't understand monty python sometimes like it's not my my best which is funny because i i almost wonder like a hard day's night is one of my favorite movies and it's a it's the beatles british humor but i wonder if i only think it's funny because i've watched it so many times that i think it's funny that maybe i don't even get it but i i just know that that's where you're supposed to laugh it's a conditioned response, not a yeah. interpretive. You do, you're not getting it much. Like, oh, I know I'm supposed to. Yeah. Uh, like when they, if you're in a studio audience and they flash the applause right. sign, yeah, you know, to start clapping. Uh, also, I did some research. Yes, it was John Cleese that was nearly headless Nick in the Harry Potter okay. stuff, movies. Yay. Research Wikipedia. I mean, that's the internet. It's close enough. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Wikipedia is monitored by a bunch of nerds. If anybody's going to know the correct stuff, it's probably going to be them. Yeah. So. Uh, any other ones on your list then, real quick, or is that the last one? Um, I could mention Kevin Smith quick, because yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was an actor first and then got... He was a, Silent Bob. a writer, yeah. director, actor before he was a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. He did um, The Green Hornet. Remember when oh. they relaunched oh. that? Mm-hmm. That's the one that stands out to me. And that's the, com- that's the comic book, not the movies. Yeah. Because they only did one movie, I think. Because I think the Could movie be. was by um, Seth Rogen. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot about that. His project. Oh, yeah. Did you already... Wasn't there something about Seth Rogen that we were supposed to talk about? It was another Spider-Man issue. Is that some... I don't remember. I didn't come across that. I don't yeah, remember. This one when we were upstairs. You we might like, be right. Oh. No. Or was it Seth Green? The short Halloween. Seth Green. Oh, Seth Green. Sorry. Yeah. No, Seth Green. That was That's Bill Hader. And, no, Seth Myers. Or Seth Myers. Seth yes. Myers. Oh. Yep. Seth and Bill Hader. I don't Hader. know who yep. that is. It's, it's a Seth. Uh, Seth Myers, he was on SNL, well, mostly. Yep. Seth Myers oh, and Bill Hader okay. was on SNL, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Seth Myers, he actually is one of the Tonight Show hosts, isn't he? One of the, one of the late night. Or, oh, I think you're I right. I think he took over Conan's late night. I think it's late yeah. night with Seth Myers. He follows after Jimmy Fallon, which is another SNL alum. Mm-hmm. So many Seths in Hollywood. Yep. There's almost as many Seths as, the, as there are Chris's, but uh, that's okay. okay. But yeah, Short Halloween was what 
We were talking about yep. upstairs. Uh, and you touched on it briefly, uh, Keanu Reeves, that real yep. berserker. Um, that was supposed to be based on Wolverine. Uh, well, not directly. They don't say that, yeah. but it totally is. Oh, it's yeah, well, much. It's, when I asked Wikipedia today, that's or Alexa, I should say, she she piped up and was like, "It was loosely based on this." It's uh, Wolverine. So meets, it's that. Wolverine meets John Wick is what it is, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Um, I came across Ethan Hawke wrote a comic book. Um, mm. It's a story about an Apache war. Um, it's called Inde. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I N D E H. Um, it, Sounds exactly like a Western, um, you know, the Apache Wars, Indians, yeah. you know, Native Americans and everything. Um, Nicholas Cage wrote Voodoo Child. Um, oh. I'm going to list off the ones that I've got here, if that's all right. That's Do one. it. Another one that surprised me was Jennifer Love Hewitt wrote a mm. uh, comic book. She teamed up with Scott Lobdell. Um, it sounds like it didn't go well, and she never came back to comics at I mean, all. it happens. Was it yeah. The Ghost Whisperer? Uh, it was called Jennifer Love Hewitt's Music Box. Hmm. So couldn't tell you much about it. Thomas Jane, who was the first Punisher in the big screen, uh, wrote Bad Planet. And Felicia Day, I think, uh, did we talk about that beforehand? Or it was before, before. That? It was okay. before we recorded. Yeah, she wrote The Guild. So Based off of her web series, The Guild. And that's basically the ones I've got on my list. All right. Uh, so with that, we will move on to... Our favorite single issues of the past four weeks-ish, plus or minus, because it's been a while. <laughs> and admittedly, I forgot the majority yeah, of the books that I've read the last this, few weeks. Yeah, I've got my books here, but I'm like, I don't know when these came out. So narrowing it down to which came out the past two weeks, I might hit it, I might not. So I have two books that I'm going to talk about. Uh, we actually filled a lot longer than I thought we would conversation-wise about the first subject. So let's just do two each and okay. go from there. Jared, you're first last time. Let's kick it. Let's do it again. You go first okay. again. Do you want me to go with both or just one at a uh, time? We can do one at a time still. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Nightwing 105. Tom Taylor's still knocking it out of the park. Um, this one is a first-person view of Nightwing throughout this entire issue. This was a, a really fun issue. Um, wakes up to with Barbara and Bitewing right in his face. So, you know. Insta- no, no, no. Bitewing's not in costume. Oh, um, it's uh, Haley. There you go. Yep. And named after Haley Circus. There you go. You got it. <laughs> However, it was not Haley Circus in the Batman Returns movie. No, it was. They ruined that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this whole first person thing was really good. They brought in the. Um, oh, shoot. I lost their names. Uh, the twins, the. Um, yeah. Double Dare. Double Dare. There we go. And, I, mean, I know uh, it too, but I forget. Uh, I'm not going to give spoilers in case this came out. It was a fun story. It's, this really was. It was a lot of fun. Batgirl dresses up as one of the Double Dare twins because they're she's being hunted by this other and, group. And they need a redhead. Yeah, they need a redhead mm-hmm. that looked similar to her. So, you know, Barbara gets captured. That's and the, then Nightwing the goes to rescue her you know, and finds out, you know, she's already kicking butt. She it's, already escaped. <laughs> it's the joys of being in costume is what other people don't know who the actual real real one is. Like, oh, right. well, we just swap out and no one will ever know. Right. Um, we've got some stuff going on that I, I'm not going to go into it, but uh, they're kind of setting up a little bit of the future of the Nightwing series in this, and I'd like to see where they're going to go with this. It but looks like a lot of fun. I think it still holds up really well as a one Oh, though. yeah. Like, you could read this as a one-shot, and it, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, first one on my list, actually, I know it came out this week because I just bought it, uh, is Hunt, Kill, Repeat, issue number four. This is a, I think it's a five or six issue miniseries. 
I know I talked about issue one when it first came out. Um, it's more the same where if you like the Greek gods of Zeus and Aphrodite, Hades, yada, 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 uh, which is really underrepresented in comics right now. There's a lot of, a lot of things still writing the Norse mythology with Thor, the success of Thor and the Avengers. Um, but it's good to see uh, another set of ancient gods to, you know, to dive into. And it's a really cool story that it's still the one character trying to find the people that killed her family and like, all right, uh, I'm going to hunt, kill and repeat until they're all dead and action packed. The art's really solid. Uh, it's a good story to it. And I really enjoy it. Like I said, that's issue number four that just came out. Uh, and it does have a kitty cat in it too. Ooh. No Spider-Man, but it has a cat. So that's a plus. Okay. Uh, so yeah, hunt, kill, repeat, uh, by mad cave comics. It's a newer publisher and it's really good. Laura, what is first on your list? Um, I wanted to go back to Dawn of DC Steelworks, the one that inspired me to talk badly about Michael Dorn. Um, and he wrote it along with Sammy Basiri. Um, it was a number one issue. It was from the week of June 7th. Um, it was a good setup, like building the world a little bit. Um, I mean, I was a little confused because they referred to some stuff that I assume happened at some other point in the DC universe. Um, but it did, eventually it did a good job of, like, setting up his, um, the, the main characters, John Steele, Henry, or sorry, John Henry Irons, whose superhero name is Steele. And I guess in this issue he's deciding to step down as a superhero because he's like, we have enough superheroes. There's Superman. Like, there's a whole super family. And he says, the the better thing for me to do is make this Steelworks Tower. He's planning to, like, provide power to the entire city for free. And I think that that's an issue to some people. They were talking about, you have to stop him because you can't just have free power. That's not how that works. And they set up, let's see, who... He's got a fiance, and it surprised me who it was. I think it might have been like Lana Lang. I don't know no, much about the character, be. so I don't. Oh, okay. I, sorry, I can't help sorry. you on this one. Yeah, I'm and, not sure on that series. Okay. Shoot. Lana sorry, Lang just, is a Superman side character, so it's very plausible that them two would meet and form a relationship. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it, but I didn't didn't write that down in my notes for some reason. I just wrote down her name. Um, the other thing that surprised me in this was I didn't know that Lex Luthor had a sister. Ultra Woman is Lena Luthor? That's I an swear alternate reality. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's the Steelworks reality. That could be, yeah. Because okay. that was from the... Were there, um, no, that was Ultraman. Cause yeah. That, cause that, that was the evil uh, version where it was Ultraman and Superwoman yeah. were, the, were the evil ones. I don't know where Ultra Woman. Oh. Yeah, I'm not I thought sure. Ultraman was Marvel. Okay. They've got their own Ultraman. Yeah. Okay, so there's multiple yeah. Ultramen. It's kind of like Captain Marvel. They each had that name oh, at one time. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I thought this was an interesting story. It's a good start. It's someone I was interested in reading based on the name of the, the, the author. So I would recommend to, to try it out. See see what number two has for it, and it seems like a good jumping on. So yeah, it's only issue number one so far, so good good time to jump on. Yeah. 
Or I guess two weeks ago, four weeks ago was a good time to jump on. In general, it's a good time to jump on. (laughs) And Steel's been a pretty good character. That might be one worth checking out. That I think it'd be fun. Especially if you're a fan of the Superman families and stuff like that. It's definitely within those circles. Yeah. Uh, Jared, what is your other pick of the week? The other Tom Taylor one, the Titans, number two. You sound, uh, I guess it's I Tom know, Taylor again. I guess. <laughs> Although Vader, Darth Vader 35 was pretty good. It's got da- Dr. Aphra back in it, so that was fun. But uh, this one, at the end of the first issue, we find Wally West dead. And you find out that it is a future version of Wally West, not the current one. So, um, But this, this issue was subtitled a death, death in the, in the family. family. Yep. Like, oh, they're they're milking that. Yeah. So basically they're trying to solve Wally West's murder before he gets murdered. Include by including Wally West within the investigation. Right. So, but uh, I love the opening scene, but it's got a flashback of the Teen Titans and uh they're going to crash through and uh stop Brother Blood from whatever plot he's doing. And they crash through the door, and the Justice League's already taken them down. I thought that was great. You know, they're basically, like, walking away like, they just took away our nemesis. What the heck? Now what are we supposed to do? Yeah. So so they're starting to do an autopsy on the future Wally West, and they they find, like, um, smoke from a fire, particles onto his uh, suit, and mud on his boots, and this and that, and... Oh, guess what? The Titans get an emergency for a forest fire. So they're like, no, Wally, you're staying here. <laughs> so um, I, w- I don't know when this came out, if this came out this week or not. Um, I'm a little... I think it was last week actually okay. came out. Okay. Um, I still won't give spoilers yeah. in case anyone hasn't read it because that's soon enough. But uh, Titans, this new series, has been so solid and good. It is your core Titans group, you know, Nightwing, the original Teen Titans group, plus Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. Um, if you're looking for Titans, this is the book you want to see. All right. Uh, my other pick of the week is Frank Frazetta's Mothman, issue number one, by Opus is the oh. publisher. Um, I will hand it over to you, Jared, since you haven't seen it yet. No, uh, dang it, I meant to order this. So we were actually sold out of it uh, yesterday. We got more restocks than today. To okay. Like, oh, this is perfect. I'll stop in tomorrow and pick this up. Um, but, I was going to pick this up and possibly add it to my pull list. Sorry. Uh, I think, no, you're perfectly fine. Um, I think this is something you would enjoy, too, because if you are fans of uh, sci-fi's Resident Alien, this has very similar humor to it, too. Um, it those of you that don't know there's a urban legend lore of a mothman living in the smoky mountains and this says this book is saying well uh it's actually an alien that crash landed and that's why he has wings that looks like this and it's the art is fun the art's really cool it's definitely painting-esque but not full alex rossness i know the aura does not like um but so there is sorry to interrupt you um there is an actual museum about the Mothman in Point Pleasant, and they've—I don't know if you guys have uh, ever seen—they've got an actual statue nice. in Point Pleasant. My parents actually went there a couple years ago, That's and cool. yeah, I brought back T-shirts and got their pictures with everything. Um, if you are interested, look into the actual history with that because there was a bridge collapse. We're using the quotes here also with yeah. actual history, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The the historic events were a bridge collapsed, but there were eyewitness reports of a mothman you know that yeah. type of thing 
but the tragedy is a, an actual interesting read. But go on. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, that's perfect. I was fine. excited about this comic yeah. and I completely forgot about it and it dropped <laughs> off my radar. Well, we were sold out by the time you came in, also. Yeah. That's, so, so the moral of the story, I'm, folks, is pre order or at least come in every single week. Yep. Yeah, and previews are out this week. And previews. Um, but yeah, it's a fun story that involves two of the local families that are feuding. They even specifically say feuding with each other. Um, West Virginia. Right. And the Mothman, which he, we can read him speaking English so we know what's going on. And like I said, the the dialogue, everything that he uses definitely gives me vibes of Resident Alien, the show. So I'm like, oh, Jared, this is, even if you didn't love Mothman before, this is something that I think would be up your alley. Even better. So that's Mothman number one. Okay, I'll be in tomorrow to pick one of those up. There you go. So we'll have one last, folks. By yep. the time you hear this, that'll be, he'll be in today as you're listening to this. Yep. Uh, Laura, anything else for this week that you want to talk about? Um, technically, it's the week of six fourteen. Sorry that that's how my notes are laid out. Uh, no, that's fine. Have... That's when Mothman. I called out, in actually, sick last ago. time, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spider Man India came out, and obviously I had to read Spider Man. I admit I, I wasn't super excited about it, but the the great thing I do like for it is how it gives a like more of a. A glimpse into another culture and I think that that's good for people nowadays to have a richer cultural diversity and um, one of the big things it mentioned was your I'm going to mispronounce these words because they're they're Indian but it's like seva or sadaka is a word that means selfless service to community and I was like that's totally a spider-man vibe right there and that's the big reason why the character in spider-man India Avatar, I'm gonna mess this up. Pabka, sorry. Yeah. Pabakar, sorry. It's the Indian but, version of Peter Parker. And yeah. That's I am like I I'm not I'm I would yeah. butcher it also. Yeah, but he's the the main character in this because he's Spider-Man India and he's explaining like his like what what brought him to become Spider-Man. His Uncle Bim, his Aunt Maya, his bro niche, his he has an MJ too. Like. Obviously, it it just spins the Spider-Man story in another way, in another culture. And, yeah, it's it's cool to see those parallels, to see that we're not all that different. So I would recommend, if it's still on the shelf anymore, go in and pick up Spider-Man India. Because Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And that does sound pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, so those are our most recent books that, we're, that we loved that people should read also. So let's move on to a spoiler-filled version of Secret Invasion, but before we do that... The book, not the new show. The book, not the show. That is correct. We're not caught up. And we haven't is, watched the new episode yet. This is the original book also, not the most recent trade that oh, just came right, out of the right. new series as well. This yeah, one came out in 2008? 2009? Might have been 2000. I think the series started in single issues in 2008, maybe. Uh, that sounds right. The, that's when I, that's the why I started reading it's Marvel yeah. Characters, 2017 Marvel Characters, Inc. And yeah, this, that doesn't That's do not, yeah, yeah. This thing was 08, 09, somewhere right around in there. Uh, the copyright and the fine print says 09, at least. At least the there trade is in 09. Uh, but if you don't want spoilers on this, Jared, what are we reading for two weeks out? I don't remember. It's because we didn't talk about it. Oh, okay. I don't okay. think you even told me. I didn't tell either one of you yet, oh, because... What you're is just, it? You're just, I, tell I, me Yes, now. I am. Uh, 
because I didn't know about it until today because Adrian came to the store today and his daughter's done playing soccer. So he'll be back with us in two weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, so he I don't to... know about this. Uh, I may have to trump this. Okay. What did he pick for the book? Uh, he picked Battle Chasers. Battle yeah, anthology. Um, they were originally released nine issues like 10, 20 years ago. And issue 10 finally came out like last week. <laughs> so it's a series that people like they said, oh, we're going to do more eventually. We're going to do more eventually. And issue 10 finally came out. So he's like, let's do this. I'm like, sounds good to me. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's your fault. So it works out. We'll have much to discuss <laughs> if it's bad. Yes. So Although I guess we'll have much to discuss if it's good. Too. Uh, can yeah. you repeat the name one more time? Uh, Battle Chasers, the anthology. Here, I will share it to you. How about that? So you don't have to worry about it. Oh, me too. I can do that um, shortly. So we're not <laughs> yeah, too yeah, much on we this. We don't need to. Uh, so, Secret Invasion, uh, circa 2008-9. This was my second time reading this. How about the rest of you guys? My second Uh, as well. Second or third. Uh, And overall thoughts? I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm a terrible person. Like, I I get so mad when... I I hate it when a, a character shows up and they're a duplicate and they immediately assume that they're evil for some reason. I mean, in this case, yeah, that's right. But so many times, I guess I've seen too many clone sagas where it's like, they're not necessarily bad just because they have your face. Uh, this one, they're, they they actually are bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they are. But it just it makes me mad to immediately throw fists rather than ask questions. Um, for me, this is definitely, I mean, again, I, I was reading it in singles before, so this is a lot right now. Like, oh, just a binge read, was it nine issues? Seven, I think. Eight issues. Eight, okay. We have to split the difference. Yep. There we go. <laughs> um, so I remember when it was coming out, like, oh, the excitement between each issue also, because everyone was doing their tie-ins as well, and there were tie-ins that were doing what did the, the job really well, I thought, at the time. Yeah. Especially they had the, you see a little bit in the trade, the ads of like, oh, he loves you, yes, embrace change, that those. sort of thing. Versus you don't get the full grasp of it within this trade because you don't have the whole right. world of all but that. They do yeah. a good job, like, in this one, I think we all know that's one of my biggest complaints in comics, all the spinoffs and tie-ins and stuff like this. But they did a good job, like, with the Fantastic Four in this one. Um, the Baxter building gets sucked into the negative zone. Uh, the uh, Sue and Reed's kids are in there with the Thing and uh, Johnny Storm. And... They basically get sucked into the negative zone. The side story to that follows their journey, but they come back at the end of this series, and it's fitting for what this story told. The, you know, yes, the tie-ins are good to help this, but they're not critical for the exactly. main story. Exactly. Yep. Hmm. You can follow this main story for the most part without those side stories. There's some side side stories I think that might be crucial. That might answer a couple questions that this doesn't, but for the most part, I think this is pretty standalone, easily to read. A lot hmm. better than Civil War, in my opinion. Okay. From that yeah. standpoint. From that standpoint, yes. I am curious now, maybe if I read some of the side stories, I would like this better, but like Possibly. I, for me, it was just a big brawl. Like they didn't, there wasn't any story to it to me. This was a big brawl. That's... Yeah what this story was I and mean, that's kind of been this is jam of like having this big event and like all right well i have the big picture y'all can do the details of this yeah. later sort of thing yep i mean in there he does do some key elements like, okay uh nick fury's gonna pop in pop out because he's because at that time he's underground with his whole uh secret warriors um 
so who's in charge of shield what's going on with shield why is and there's still this we're still in the living of the time frame of civil war where it's the underground heroes that are not part of the registration act the registration act is still in charge right Nick, uh tony tony stark is still in charge of shield and everything so he's the leader of that right um so it starts out kind of with uh tony stark reed richards and i don't know who the hank other guy is hank is that hank Penn? That's okay hank. that's yep. what i thought it was when i'm like is that right um they're basically doing an autopsy of a scroll electra i don't know how this version of Elector the Scroll died or how they found out. Uh, right. There was a s- slight story right before this that kicked this off. It would have been nice. I don't know what that is. It would have been nice, but it wasn't critical, I think. Not critical at all. I mean, basically, oh, the Scroll Elector's dead on the table. They're now finding out there's scrolls among them. Go. You know, it's not critical, but this makes me want to kind of go back a little bit to try to find that story arc. Um, the... Uh, sword is it yeah that's mm-hmm. the space station yeah yep. that's the space station they basically get obliterated um, uh basically the scrolls have because they've replaced key people mm-hmm. they take out earth's defenses across the board right all right wipe out the fantastic four wipe out the avengers have them distracted wipe yep. out shield wipe out sword get everything as weak as possible so Tony we can... stark's network gets a alien virus right well that, that's part of yeah. sword and shield it's right just like because it's all stark tech yeah like, and that's all wiped out uh and one of their leaders one of the scroll leaders is a beloved avenger jarvis that mm-hmm. he's able to get mm-hmm. access to everything because he's a, he's a founding avenger right he can he can do that uh my biggest issue with this series is it takes place in a very specific point in time in Marvel Comics history that if you don't know Civil War, you don't know, okay, where is Nick Fury? Where, like, yeah. what? why is Tony here in charge of everything? Like, Where's Steve? We'd have a... It's it's not an evergreen, like, right. you can just jump in at any time. Like, oh, if you know roughly the stuff going on, you can read this. Like, no, you, you need to be a little bit further into the weeds to read, to understand what's going on with all this mm-hmm. is my biggest issue with it. It's like, oh, yeah. This was 20 years ago, and this is what was happening, and yada, yada, yada. So, Yeah, I do think at one point I asked you a question. You said, oh, Civil War. And I was like, oh, Civil War. Yeah. That, that explains You definitely need on. to read Civil War before you read this. I, I would agree. To know the mindset of all the characters and why mm-hmm. there's a division between the Avengers. Why did some of the Avengers steal a helicarrier, and that was a thing? Why didn't they just have access to it? Right. Um What's uh, Thunderbolt's doing with Norman Osborn? He's, right. He just shows up, you know. So it, See, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I was too, <laughs> but it's just like, why is he there, yeah. you know? what was Why Why does Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, have his own team of Thunderbolts? Who are these guys, you know? Yeah. You know, it, now you got me thinking that that would be an interesting discussion topic someday, like where all Norman Osborn has infiltrated. Like, he's been the leader of a lot of different groups, like the Thunderbolts. Dark Avengers. Um, Ravencroft, he took over for a while, like, and just all his goblin hideouts. Like, we'll have to think about that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I loved about this series, too, when I was reading it, was everything's off the table of who could be a squirrel, like, and how mm-hmm. long they could have been mm-hmm. invaded. Like, we don't, we don't technically know how long right. someone's been replaced. They could have been... Avengers, a founding member of Avengers could have been, a, Hank Pym then could have been a Skrull. Right. He could have been a Skrull for the entire history of the Marvel history. Yep. Mockingbird. Or, mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Tony, I was confused if he really was or wasn't for a long time, because I think they confused him too, because, right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. his, that he was, was having... That was what they wanted in this, to, 
to, to take you off the board yeah. of just you confuse him enough. Yeah. Like, are you a really scroll? Oh yeah, you're a secret agent. That we, yeah, sorry, you think you're a human, but we we made you a sleeper agent so good you didn't know that you're mm-hmm. right. scroll at all. Like, you're no, still that was asleep. Just, that was then just playing mind games with them. So one of the things that I thought about this through reading this was um, I thought we would see some big thing from Reed Richards because, you know, he starts with the autopsy. Um, the scroll version of Hank Pym shoots him with something that makes him go all Melt. yeah, melty and they capture him. He thinks his family's been killed. Um, he figures out how to identify scrolls versus um, humans and make the scrolls change back to their own form. He is visibly angry in this, but there's nothing that really happens with him other than the big fight. He's in the big fight. You because, know, I thought he would have a bigger role to play in reading this. Like mm-hmm. for me, you that know. gives glimpses of the Maker, the Ultimate Universe. Reed mm-hmm. Richards, where like, oh where he find that he finally switches and goes at full evil. Could be. This is the, like, oh, it's there, it's there, it's there. Okay, he calmed down before that happened because, oh, my family isn't gone. They aren't dead. Like, right. They got out of the negative zone. It's fine. Right. But I think they really could have driven something else with him as, you know, the Fantastic Four, that's Marvel's first family. You know, that's, they should be the elite of the elite, the elite of superheroes. And I, I, Maybe it's just me. I was expecting more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's fair. And what they did was fine. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I just thought they built and didn't have anything. To be fair, there's a lot to tell in the story. That right. You can't necessarily focus on just that. Right. So, and I'm a Fantastic Four fan, so yeah. it's might be a bit of a bias coming out. Maybe I wanted to see more with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's really not a whole lot we can say other than like, oh. It was like you said before, Laura. It's a big fight scene. Like the entire book is basically a big fight scene of the scrolls versus the humans. Yeah, and figure out who's who. Um, and then the ending where the humans win. Um, I there was some good stuff in there. Um, where they're talking about God and He loves you, and this is kind of where Thor's back in the picture with the group. Very briefly, though. Yeah, very briefly. He's not in this a lot, but he packs a wallop when he does. And I, he hates one both, of my... He hates both sides of the Avengers that have broken off. Like, no, Tony, you're being a jerk, and uh, was Luke was the the secret the yeah. Avengers. Like, oh, and you guys being jerks too. Like, both of y'all just yep, get out of my way. Make up and be friends again. This is dumb. Yep. But uh, one of the biggest things I really liked is um, they talked about their God and stuff like this. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, well, my God carries a hammer. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great line. Which you they know. ended up using in the MCU also. Yeah. Yep. It's such a great line. Why not you reuse it? Yeah. Now, one thing I was confused about, there was, I feel like at the beginning, the ship that crashed that had all the doppelgangers, were they necessarily all doppelgangers or was there a mix of people no, who were caught? those ones were all doppelgangers were that all was girls. sent to, to lure to the, the avengers out they were the distraction to, okay. to lure them out and trap them at the savage land yeah okay. and basically keep them contained now while... we did see a ship later on at the end of the book that was full of the actual humans right also. survivors okay so that's part of how like I, I part of my confusion too was i was like well if all these people were already on earth why 
are, are them crashing, they're like, oh, you guys came back. It's like, they were already here. Like, I was so confused. Yeah, Abigail yeah. Brand found, I think it was, or that found them out in space still once Sword got okay. blown up. They were getting ready to destroy the Skrull Armada. Um, and she's like, wait, no, there's scans on this one ship. And that's where they found, I think that's where they found Reed and everything, too, was on that ship. No, not Reed Richards. Well, I, yeah, I think Reed was, was in space. There. He was, well, was like, like kidnapped she, to somewhere, but I don't think it was that ship. That's where Sue Storm was. No, uh, Abigail Brand, she was lost in space, remember? Her spaceship blew up, and she had her oxygen bubble. She f- snuck into a Skrull ship. That's when they found Reed and, I think, the rest of the oh, survivors. I, I got See, you, yes. I thought, that there were, yes. I thought there were two ships. There were. There was the doppelgangers that crash-landed on Earth at the beginning. No, no, no. I thought... Abigail found the ship that had Reed on it, but there was another ship that was like docked to it. Yes, I thought it was like sorry. a mother yes. ship with yes, a yes, tiny yes, yes, ship yes. in it, like yeah. a life pod. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where they end up? I'm saying like they're like, oh, destroy all these ships except for that one because yeah. that one has humans on it. Yeah. So you find that's where the real Jarvis was. Yep. Dum Dum Duggan. Dugan. Dugan. Whatever. Uh, I always read it as Duggan in my head. That's fair. Um. Who else was there? Sue uh, Storm. Hawkeye's wife. Uh, yeah, Mockingbird. Um, Ooh, yeah, the that, Electra and that, Spider-Woman. That was another yeah. thing that got me, too, how Hawkeye was like, this is our code. Only one person could ever know this. And then the scroll knew it. And I'm like, well, how's that work? Because the scroll knew it after, like, they kidnapped her, got that information. So they still needed something that was predated, that infor- uh, an earlier save, so to speak. But... That old girl would never have given that information out, though. Or how? I guess I don't understand how the scrolls took people's memories. Well, I think the scroll at that point, she knew, like she was only experienced that miscarriage initially. It wasn't the fake, the real one. I thought. So scrolls can have human babies. Well, that's why they didn't have a human baby because, like, oh, we miscarried because. Oh. Was, so there was, was she after was the scroll. swap. Okay. During that during that time frame, she was the one that, that already did the swap. Yeah, I kind of mm. didn't catch that either. Is the way I, I took it, least. But that, you bet okay. you're right on that. Yeah, see, that, I guess I, I can't handle doppelgangers and things. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of... I was so confused. I was like, but all the codes that say that they should be who they say they are are not, not functioning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Secret Invasion. Yep, Norman Osborn takes the killing takes shot the, on the queen. And what we don't see in this, but happens later on, is... Because he was the one that shot her, he gets to take over S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep, and it's because it was being filmed live. The world saw him make the killing shot. Yeah, at that point, though, like, it still it reminds me a lot of the Chronicles of Riddick, of you keep what you kill. Well, you kill that, so you get to take over everything now. Yeah. Like, that seems kind of... I mean, it made it a somewhat interesting story. That it didn't right. For, it led into the Dark Avengers. For the Dark and, Reign. Or the Dark Reign, and that was it was a good time for Marvel. Because this does end with the... Uh, evil Illuminati meeting together yeah. of uh, Doc Norman, Doom, Doc Doom, Emma Loki. Frost, um, female Loki. Yeah, female Loki. Namor and the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, all right, we got plans to do, and then to be continued, sort of thing. Uh, overall rankings: one being awful, five being great. Laura, what would you rank this? I think I give it a two. Not enough Spider Man, even a two. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. There were two Spider-Men that didn't do good characterization of Spider-Man. <laughs> Jared, what would you give it? I liked it. I gave it a four. 
Um, it's got its faults, but it, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I think it may have actually been the first Marvel event book I read. Even I think that made me go back and read Civil War, because yeah. I think I read this first. Yeah, I think you guys might have some nostalgia that I just didn't have. That's it. Could yeah. be. <laughs> for me, this was when I first started reading single issues. This mm-hmm. was the thing I started reading with. Uh, for me, I'll give it a three, though, because it is so, like I said before, it, you have to know the history of Marvel yeah. up to that point because it is so locked into that time. Oh, right. Like, the first time I read it, I had no idea. Oh, who's isn't this the normal Captain America? Why, I had no idea it was why, Bucky at the time. Why is Norman not the Green Goblin? What's going on? Right. So I think, oh, see, I'm cool with that. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, now you are, but I'm saying back at the time, when I, if you're reading it fresh... If you're new to comics, I'm not going to recommend, hey, read this right now because the show's on. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm like, okay, read Civil War first and then get to this. Like, there is, you need to do some homework before you get into this. Uh, so that's why I, I give it a three. It's, it's still solid if you know what's going on in that time frame. I wouldn't say just jump in right at this like I did. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So, uh, so with that, uh, let's do, uh, we teased it before. Our take on the Flash movie. Uh, we are in our full time for the podcast. We don't have to go. We don't have to stretch out a whole lot. Um, but I do want to get some opinions on it. Uh, Jared, since you did not see with Laura and I, what was your thoughts on the Flash movie? I liked it. Um, it's. I don't like Ezra Miller, so it's hard to. He did a good job in this iteration. Um, it was fun. You know, he basically goes back in time to fix one thing that would stop his mom from getting killed you know just like the flashpoint book the show did it you know it's that premise and he goes back into the future to learn that things have changed he's in kind of an alternate reality now back, he finds he goes back himself to the, well he doesn't go back to the future he goes back to the less past yeah because he doesn't go back he's to in his, college he doesn't go back to his full yeah, present. He just, yeah. so he's three years younger something himself. like that yeah but uh he finds his younger self he takes his younger self to the um what police lab uh, to get struck by lightning because that's where he was trying to find out or trying to figure out to get his dad off the hook for because he's the one who's blamed for the murder and you know he loses his powers and that makes them prompt to go find bruce wayne and which bruce wayne the one that we've seen in all the commercials yep same Michael one, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, not Ben Affleck. Yep, and they did a good job with this version of the Michael Keaton Batman. Um, I don't think this is the same Michael Keaton Batman as the 89 movie. Yeah, it like, can't be. Um, because I, mean, I be. thought they've said mm-hmm. in different iterations or different pieces over the years that Christopher Reeve, Superman, and Michael Keaton Batman were in the same universe. Don't know if that's mm-hmm. really true or not. I don't know, but uh, this world didn't have metahumans, you know. And then Zod shows up, and then they had Kara, Supergirl, which I thought she did it. The actress did a great job. I thought the suit looked good. She did good. She wasn't blonde, but nope, she wasn't blonde. But I, I didn't care. Yeah, she did a really good job. Um, but maybe if she'd gotten more sun, her hair would have like it would have bleached her hair. Yeah. yeah, I think this one had some nostalgia factors that they were since they're doing dealing with the multiverse they had images of christopher reeve along with 
oh, I forget the actress's name now. Um, they had the Supergirl movie back in yeah. whatever year, and that, the, that actress, the CGI showed up together. They have so many other DC live-action universes except for the Arrowverse. Right. They went out of their way to not show the Arrowverse at all. Yeah. Yep, and I think it might be due to the Flash on that. They well, didn't show the Flash uh, 90s show with, uh, what's his name either? But they did show the original JSA Flash. Uh, yes, um, um, Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. Yep. So there's some good stuff there. Um, I loved the ending when Bruce Wayne comes out of the car and uh, can we give spoilers? That, that's that's what this, this is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. right. Um, it's uh, George Clooney, and they drop an <laughs> F-bomb in this, and he's like, who the F is this? You know, I loved that with Clooney coming out. I thought that was great. Um, but overall, it was a fun movie. I can't really complain about it. You missed the most important cameo, Nick Cage. Oh, Nick Cage. Yeah, Superman. I was debating yes. whether I should toss that in there Oh, or not. yes, that was great. The, the it, longer hair. And they make fun of they um, have him fighting the giant spider. The giant spider, which oh, Kevin Smith was. Uh, if you ever watched an evening with Kevin Smith, yes. he was supposed to write a Superman movie called Superman Returns. Um, that was supposed to be a continuation of the Christopher Reeve universe. Yep. But as we played by Nick Cage, he would have like a sparkly suit. Like the you can find test footage where they're trying to see how it looked on camera, where it was supposed to be Superman fighting Brainiac but also a giant spider for some reason. And the producer wanted that giant spider in there, and Kevin Smith thought it was stupid, but put it in. Eventually did not happen, obviously. But the producer's next movie, which was a Will Smith movie. Wild Wild West. Yeah, they had a giant spider fighting in that. A giant mech spider. Yeah. Kevin Smith, he kind of really made fun of that. Yeah. Politely, you know. As much as Kevin Smith can be polite. Right. Making fun of people. Yep. But uh, yeah, they had that little cameo in there. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I, I, th- I want to say people wooed in our theater. They're like, hey, "I did." I, know, I, did. Oh, maybe, I did. Maybe you were the woo yeah. girl. I just started laughing. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I was like, god. "Oh, they did it." Yep. Because um, I know your mass audience won't get that reference, right? But the Kevin Smith fans, like, "Oh, there's that." Yep. And the Nick Cage fans. And the Nick Cage fans. Um, yeah, for me, the movie was fine. Like, it was definitely completely dependent on Michael Keaton. I enjoyed it, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it would not have been nearly as good if it was any other Batman other than Keaton. Like, like I'd have to agree. It's like, oh, it would have been fine, but, like, yep. he's what saved that movie. Right. Now, you can look at the box office and you can still say it did not save it. No. It performed, <laughs> it performed but, in the box office worse than the Black Adam movie. But there's so many things wrong with it outside of the movie itself. Um <laughs> Ezra Miller, all of his issues, they should not have backed him like they did. And it's like, oh, we're we're undoing everything, rebooting the whole DC universe. So this movie is absolutely meaningless in this well, saga you're well, no, trying to This create. was supposed to be the reboot of the DCU, though. So my problem with it is, okay, it's supposed to be the reboot. Uh, yes, there's Ezra Miller stuff in general. There's also the DC reputation at this point where all the movies, like, people are like, why should I go see it? Right. And you add the third factor of post-COVID, everyone's like, I'll just wait to hit streaming. Yeah. Why, why go see a theater? Why just wait till it's streaming then? Mm-hmm. And especially with Warner Brothers movies that were streaming a month after. Like, well, I'll just wait a month then. Right. I mean, it, it's just, there's many things wrong with it. Yeah. Um, um, yep. It was worth seeing. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. 
the biggest question I had was, I'm not super familiar with The Flash, so I was like, is he supposed to be such a jokey kid? Like, I, I always thought The Flash was a little more serious, but I've not read a whole lot of Flash either. Well, he, so in the comics, he is a CSI forensic investigator. He jokes around with Green Lantern quite a bit and stuff like that. Um, he's not as dorky as he was in this movie and not as childish. Okay. But I guess this might be earlier in his career, too, so maybe that's True, why. but I don't think he ever really was. Okay. Um, I think the TV show Flash did better a better version of The Flash than this one. See, for me, this gives me a better impression of Shazam than the flash where it would be a teenage kid just yeah. like goofing off and like right like, yep. yeah we we're crazy because we don't know what we're doing like it makes right. sense for that yeah not for the younger version being 18 the older version being 22 like not to be that level of... right and the giggling got yeah. annoying in the movie. yeah that giggle is just like that's just stupid yeah how high are you right yeah and he's not like refreshing his high college... enough to yeah. be that he's a college kid and yeah and you know my biggest issue with it overall, I would say, is the CGI. CGI was rough. Was absolutely awful for a multi-million dollar yeah. film. Yep. You could you could almost tell that the animators were just like, I don't care. Well, we're getting paid for this. But that's fine. I don't think it's that. I think it's, uh, we don't have enough time to do all this because it's all CGI. Could be. Uh, yep. Starting with the opening sequence of the falling babies and trying to catch yeah. that. Yeah. That, and that's the other weird. thing I didn't care for is the way Ezra Miller ran this looks, and 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 in uh, justice he movies. looked like he's not moving that fast at all right and then he's got his arms and fingers like right. waving and stuff yeah. and like that i never ran like that well the biggest thing is like when he's running cross country like over the water and stuff like it looks like he's just like skipping almost right. but he's still supposed to be moving super fast like i don't right there's a better way just motion blur his legs guys so we right. can't see it and like do it that way so it doesn't look so awkward the flash tv show did it better yeah mm-hmm. But again, we can't acknowledge that show because it's a right. whole different thing. And yeah, I don't, I don't yep. know. I did like how they tried to portray him going through time. Like I the, did too. It was almost like a, a coliseum, like stadium seating. I was okay and with then that. seeing the waves of the different and realities. That was fun. And how it was like a fixed point in time. It didn't matter what. Yeah. They, what no, you can't say that because that's Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, but, whatever. It's, it's the spaghetti strands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite thing of the whole movie was Batman, obviously, explaining oh, yeah. s- spaghetti string theory. Yeah. I, I love that. And I was that like, was good. This this is the best explanation of wibbly wobbly time I've ever seen. Spaghetti, spaghetti noodly yeah. time. Yeah, your your wet noodle good. time. But I liked the Coliseum thing that you said. However, when, like, at one point he peeks his head outside the bubble. And you see the floating head in the whatever world he's in, like yeah, that, that looks awful, guys. It did. It <laughs> had so many faults in the animation. When he's CGI. running, at one point he looks like he's running backwards to get the speed force. See, they I were trying to portray that. Yeah. See, they were actually trying to portray that because he was going back in time. Yeah, but the forward of his, the top half of his body was definitely moving forward. Well, the, the I, his feet looked like they were moving backwards. I thought it was I'd an optical illusion. I didn't like, catch that. Like when a car takes off and it starts to look like the wheels are going backwards. I thought that that Maybe. was the could reference be. to that. But they, I think they could have done a better transition of like it's moving forward and then get to that backwards looking, like versus like oh he's running and now he's running backwards but moving like that. Right. I don't know. And yes. if you're going into the past. Wouldn't moving backwards, like, bring you back out of the past? You know what I mean? Just from where they were in the story and everything. 
I mean, if we're talking about time travel with the DC movies. Yeah, it's rough. I That's mean, true. Look at Superman when he flies the rotation of the Earth backwards to reverse time also. That made perfect sense. What yeah, are you talking about? Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, sorry, a little bit of a tangent. I also loved how when he changed, when, when uh, the Flash changed the world and came back to himself... One of the reasons he knew he was in a different timeline was how Michael J. Fox was no longer the Back to the Future yeah. star. Yeah. And they're like, you mean the guy who did Footloose? Like, what about this guy? And right, I, I forget right. the other name they were throwing out. Because that was but, Kevin. I was like, no, that was Kevin Bacon. No, that yeah. was so, like. The guy they said was in Back to the Future. I need to look him up. Because I know he should be famous, but I have no idea who he well, is. Well, I know in Back <laughs> to the Future, the Michael J. Fox's character, Marty McFly's dad, mm-hmm. was supposed to be someone else. But the, the actor didn't screen well or whatever. They're like, oh, recast. Like, we got to start over sort of thing. Oh, I wonder if it's a play on that then. It could have been. Because I think it was... Or it might have been... No, they recasted Get Michael J. Fox, I think. So that could have been it. Oh, that could be. They could have had the original Marty at that point. Uh, so yeah. that might be the reference they were yeah. going for. Yeah, I'll have to Google it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, the... Again, I hate the harp on it, but the opening sequence with the falling babies... The CGI that was so, so horrible. Bad. Well, that was the beginning and the end. It was the it beginning was, and the end, yeah. It was kind of a fun sequence but of him catching all the babies, the babies but the animation looked the bad. The babies look like CGI baby dolls. Yes. Like, not even like yes. CGI baby. Like, right. Like it lo- baby they dolls. look like a, a 2012 video game style right. animation for a baby doll. I, I think the biggest issue that all the movies have, all the movies that involve speedsters trying to show speed time has had the issue of was comparing it to X-Men first class. Cause that did it so well with Quicksilver with that yeah. sequence. I was like, okay, well crap. They, they nailed that perfectly. Yeah. How do we do this, but not be copying? You know, it's okay to copy. Yeah. Copy it. A, it's just a copy it. Who cares? I mean, you look at so many movies, how many movies had a, a giant beam of light shoot up in the sky? Right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Avenger, you know, all these different Batman. movies were doing that for at one time. Now I don't like the necessarily put on goggles, listen to headphones and you hear a rock anthem during that. Okay. That's, that's yeah, overdone. You don't need that. But there are ways like, okay, I mean, First Class came out 15 years ago now? Something like that. And you look at the animation. And that looked so good compared yeah. to this. Like, it guys, still holds up. Given, again, it's one scene versus 90% of the movie. Right. But I don't know. It just seemed like, really? Like, guys, if this is what you're advertising, then you should put the proper money into it. Right. I think they did better when they did implied speed force when he was bringing Iris up to his apartment and he went to clean it real quick. Right. You know, I think they did better with that than they did with the actual speed. Even force. the phasing through the walls that looked good. Like, yeah, sure, that, that was cool. cool with that. Yeah, yep. I did not know that was a thing for mm-hmm. being so and fast you can go through a wall. I was yeah, like, what? They had a, actually brought it down the, to the molecular level and yeah. expanded mm-hmm. the molecules it, and stuff. It looked good when they did that yeah. part. Yep, and it, that's the way they explain it in the comics. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like, oh, there's potential here. There's potential mm-hmm. here. So for me, the movie was like, it was fine. Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not a you have to rush out and see it. No, though. I mean, it, the only reason why we saw it is because Batman. It was mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. Like, if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't have gone out to see it. Yep. But, but who knows? The next one's Blue Beetle, which I, immediately at this point, I'm like I don't care. Like, I I'm don't just, care about Blue Beetle, but that looks fun. I don't care about Blue Beetle. I'll still probably see it because I have Real Unlimited, so it's yeah. fine. Yep. I think it looks fun. But I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to see it. If Laura right. has to work that weekend, then okay, oh, I'll wait. wait till you want to yeah. see it. If you want to see it, otherwise I'll go see it by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't care. 
Um, it's not one like, oh, Indiana Jones is tomorrow. Let's go see it. It's a, oh, oh yeah, this is playing. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's do the last segment of the week, then. The Heroes of the Week. I warned you middle <laughs> of the show. You did. And I, I, mean, oh, I, I, quickly, I don't remember that. I quickly glossed over it. to Very to, quickly. Uh, to... uh, but, yeah, Heroes of the Weeks, I guess we should say, be it comic book or otherwise. Um, I'm going to go first and say our neighbors, uh, the Arnettes, they came over this past weekend for a game night. Uh, we went out, had food, um, and they they felt bad that we bought their food. So they're like, oh, here's cash. You guys didn't need to do this. Like, oh, we didn't need to, but we wanted to. And it's fun. And we had fun playing games with them. And uh, Charlie, he gave some interesting stories mm-hmm. while he was here. He which always does. He always and you does. did, too. You got to give your, your international man of mystery yeah. story, so, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, remember, folks, the worst experience in life give the best stories. <laughs> Glass half full. Uh, but yeah, uh, they came over, like I said, played games, they got to see the basement, and yeah, it was a fun time. So, And they're, they're good neighbors, too. Sometimes they mow our lawn for us or plow our driveway, and they're good people. So, Yeah, much uh, better than us. <laughs> we invite, we give them food and alcohol, so it works out. And then they paid us for it, well, so yeah. it doesn't really count anymore. <laughs> Either way. Uh, who would like to go next? I can go next if you're not ready. Um, I'm going to go with our auditors, um, Ashley and everybody over at ES7s. Um, we've been working with ES7s to do our audit at work for, ever since I've been there, before my time. Forever. Um, she's really good to work with. She's very helpful, and she does a thorough job with the audit. And we're working on that this week, and she's doing a great job. So As far I'll as go, you know. Yeah, as far as I know. So. <laughs> You'll see who, if you or pass. Or we're doing a good job. Who audits I, the I auditor? Know. Yeah. But uh, no, she's been she's treated us really well over the years, and she's good at what she does. All right, Laura. I think at the last minute I'm going to pivot. I want to make Yasuki Asawa my hero of the week because I forgot to mention that this manga came out. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I guess originally it was in July of 2019, but in the last four weeks, uh, Spider-Man Fake Red was published in a. Uh, manga graphic novel form and it was actually really good like I did not expect to like it as much as I did but it's about this like an an alternate person who finds the Spider-Man suit and is like oh Spider-Man's not available if his suit's here then I need to step in and take care of things and they did a really good job with this fake Spider-Man story and so Yasuki Asawa is my hero of the week for that from Spider-Man Red yep fake red Fake red, my bad. Yeah. The manga. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting into manga, here's a good place to start because it's Spider-Man. There we go. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, Jared, what is the book that we're reading for the book club? Battle. Battle. Uh, droids? <laughs> I, I um, can't remember. It's in the text Warrior? message. I put it, it was in group text message. Okay, uh, I'm going to pull it up, and it's Battle Chasers. There Chasers. you go. Chasers. The anthology series, which has Just, issues one through nine. We need a drink for it. Maybe. Battle we need, Chasers. We need Chasers to go along with it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about in two weeks, plus other stuff, because we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. There's always stuff to talk There's about. There's always stuff to talk about. Can we talk about Indiana Jones? Uh, maybe. Okay. There's a chance. If it's worth talking about. There's always a chance. It'll be worth talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But until then, we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening.